16 years old. The biggest things my dad always taught me was like money accelerates who you are right now. In your parents' basement, look at your stripe made a hundred grand. I hit six figures. That's what the guru said I needed to hit to feel like I'm worth something. And then that year, I was like, I don't have to go to college. Well, what do I do next? There was a music brand that you helped built a funnel. And I don't know if you said they ended up doing five million or 50 million. Now when I talk to my students or like guys who have agencies or have businesses, like the two things you know, wake up and do every single day is how can I do good work with my clients? And then how can I get creative at sharing the work I'm doing? What business model would you say, here's what I would probably be doing if I was a teenager, young 20s. What advice for someone starting out would you give? Yeah, so I would Yo, 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 Holy Hustle podcast. We have a banger of an episode because, man, we got the offer kid, Josh Gavin, on the pod. What's up, man? Nothing much, brother. Appreciate you having me on here. I'm super excited. Dude, I'm I'm so pumped um, to, to, to get to know you over the last several months. And, uh, dude, bro, you are just absolutely killing it, helping others get clarity around their offers building offers. But dude, I want to jump right into a few things. One, claim to fame, 16 years old, in your parents' basement. Look at your stripe, made a hundred grand, six figures, which is crazy at 16. 16, bro, I was a loser working at Subway and it said sandwich artist. So making like $4.75 and I was not making six figures. So I'm so excited to unpack this um, and a couple of the other really cool stories uh, of success, bro. So, um, bro, how in the world did you even get into marketing at 14, 15, 16 years old? Yeah. So growing up, I was homeschooled. And so that gave me the ability a lot of kids don't have, which is just time mm. and time to learn things and also the ability to learn how to learn. That's something my mom would always tell us. So she's like, Hey, I want you to learn how to learn. Like that's the, that's what she was doing. And so sometimes she would call it unschooling because in normal school, like you don't learn how to learn, right? You learn how to take a test. My mom taught us how to actually like learn real life stuff. And so uh, I was on YouTube, right? I, at the time I academically was not that passionate. I know every entrepreneur says, Oh, I sucked at school. So I had to find a way out. Like I didn't like suck. I just didn't really want to do it. Like I just had more creative <laughs> instincts in me. I'm a creator on the wealth dynamic. And so it makes sense now. Um, And so I was like, okay, I need a way out. I need to like find a career where I can be creative and not have to do math or take an ACT test. So at first I thought I was going to be a chef to go to culinary school, realized that was stupid. Then I tried to sell music online. That kind of worked. You guys can look at my SoundCloud. It's Oshua on SoundCloud, Lo-Fi Beats. Yeah, I got that. Sold one beat for $50 and left it there. Uh, the song went on to do like 30,000 streams. So there's a little flex there, but that was not enough money. And so I was like, okay, we got to just go on YouTube and start, start looking at things. And so eventually I got hit by the guru's ads selling me the dream of drop shipping, which was the hype back then. And so that's how I, that was the gateway drug as you can call it into this entrepreneurial world, uh, which for a lot of us, that's what initially gets us in is like, oh, you can sell cheap products from China, make a bunch of money. So you're the middleman, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so I got in that way, realized I didn't like it, was you know, suited for me, realized I needed a lot more capital to run ads. And being a 14-year-old kid, you mm-hmm. don't have that. And so I soon got sold into the idea of running a local business agency. Mm-hmm. And so shout out Ty Lopez and Iman Gazi. <laughs> uh, they got me into that whole world. And so that's, that's where I made that money. 
516 was running a local business agency serving party rental businesses, local realtors, and then a bunch of random obscure niches that just fell on my plate. So that's how I got into it. And that's how I got to that point. Bro, that's pretty wild, man. Like, you know, you're, you're 21 now. You just got married recently and uh, really excited for you guys. I think I love one of the things I love. We were chatting right before this. One of the things I love most about you is a 21 your old kid. If I was 21, ooh, bro, I was like backsliding at that time. If I was 21 making six figures, bro, I don't even know if I would have like been the right, been down the right path, married my wife, had my kids. I would have been messed up. So how does someone that's 21 built, built a six figure business before they're legally allowed to drink that? How in the world did you have, I guess, the for, focus to go, man, I'm not going to go crazy with this. I'm actually going to focus and continue to learn. Cause one thing I love about you, Josh, like you are a learner, like you, you, you were like a sponge. You want to learn. You didn't like, I made a hundred K I made it. I'm good. I'm going to flex buy the Lambo, all that good stuff. But like you genuinely want to learn and grow. Where did that focus come from? And that drive come from? Yeah. So luckily, uh, my dad, he's very entrepreneurial. So shout out Maurice. If you're watching this, he always watches Maurice. the podcast. So Maurice, he's a goat. Uh, he he <laughs> was a former speaker on stage like David Allen. Productivity. So cool. He worked with Chet Holmes and Tony Robbins back in the wow. day. So OG, like high ticket closer. Before that was even a thing, my dad was on the phone. I, I would hear him on Skype. I'd no be in his way. office. Yeah, bro. Like I no know way. the old school objections handling. Like before the Dream 100 was in a Russell Brunson book, like my dad was yeah. hearing it directly from Chet Holmes. So I was in the world of it, of entrepreneurial stuff. I've seen him do it. I used to go to like his events and take notes randomly. No, no idea what was being said, but I, I was there still learning then. And so one of the biggest things my dad always taught me was like money accelerates who you are right now. He's like, if you're generous now, you make more, you'll be even more generous. But if you're greedy and you're spending mm -hmm. your money, it's only going to accelerate it. And so luckily I had that in the back of my mind where I didn't really blow my money on crazy things other than like food. And then there's a period where I bought a bunch of shoes. Um, oh, yeah. So I went through that, but yeah, it was just like the constant reminder there. And then also at the back then, like after I made my first six figures, right. It was like kind of the big goal in the industry. All the gurus would be like, that's like the pin the pinnacle. You hit six figures. Oh my gosh. Now you can kind of like chill or that was like the finishing point. And so I hit that. And then that year, I was like, well, what do I do next? Like, I don't have to go to college. I achieved that. I hit six figures. So I'm like, well, that's what the guru said I needed to hit to feel like I'm worth something. And so I was just sitting there like, what's the next step? And so I started doing some like self-development, I guess, or like mm. mindset stuff. And I wrote down this note on my phone after really thinking about like, what do I want? And I actually mm. shared this recently. I'll try to find it here. Yeah, it's right here. I was just looking at it today. Um, but I wrote down this note where I said, I want to become the father and husband that unconditionally trusts in Jesus. Uh, and so I can spiritually, financially, and emotionally provide for my family. Mm -hmm. So that's, I just wrote it down. It was weird. It's like, kind of wrote down, okay, I want to like, when I was that? This was like back when I was 16, so I, like 16, oh, 16 and a half. And so, uh, ever since then, that's kind of what I held on to is like, okay, I need to like be in line spiritually so I can like support my wife, my kids that way. Mm emotionally like emotionally mature and then also financially like those are like the three areas where i was like I'm, those three things kind of all play together and are important and so i just held on to that from that point on 
And I, of course, wasn't perfect at it. I was still young. Made, I made mistakes. I didn't know what taxes were. You know, I went through those fun issues. But, <laughs> like, I still would hold on to as my North Star. And so that's what really kept me in the game and kept me going. Yeah, that's that's powerful, man. Um, I just – I love I love talking to you because I – you're closer to my daughter's ages. They're 15 and 13 than, than my age. And I just, I was a punk at 16, bro. Like, yeah, I was not thinking about writing down all those things. And and again, like you're making money, you're killing it, but you have your priorities. And I think even, <clears throat> even people that have families, and you've probably know some of these guys or been around them, see them like, their focus is really their business. And they're like, yeah, I'm fine. Hopefully I get the six figures. Hopefully I get the six figures. And then at the expense of their family. And so one thing, you know, I I think you have it right in front of you. And so I think if you think about that, say that out loud, be reminded of that thing. What before this call, you were kind of talking about how proud of your wife, all those kind of things that she's probably going to be singing and writing and all that kind of stuff. We didn't talk about, man, I just what, bro, I just made six figures. Like, your priorities are intact. What advice would you give to um, to some of these kids right now that they see these guys on YouTube with the Lambos? And I won't mention any names because I know you know them all. I know you're I anti, anti. <laughs> I know you will. That's what I'm saying. I, I know you're so anti, anti. Um, and I don't know them like yeah. probably you do, but like I just, I, I started YouTubing, right? And um, yeah. you know, it's guys like Surge and, the Godzi guy and all these guys. And it's like the flex. It's kind of what Ty Lope is. Hey, here in my car. And it's very yeah. status driven. And so um, how, how do you, how, what advice would you give to mm-hmm. some young kid to go, Hey man, you, you got to focus on these things as opposed to the flex. Like where are you yeah. at with gurus? Yeah. So one thing I want to say, I know say you love this like, topic, by the way. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's so fun. And I always, I always say it's like, I, I, I'm like, I play both sides. Like I love, I, I have so much respect for those guys. Like I look at what they do and a lot of like where I'm at today is like, I studied like how they were selling, not what they were selling. And I really, I really paid attention to like where they're moving and how they were doing change work. Like I admired it. Like I studied it. Like I was like, I respect these guys like geniuses. Like Iman Godzi, like he was the first course I got into right for SMA. Mm-hmm. And he really helped me. And like, I really, but I'd studied like how he moved, how he acted as a person, how he was confident so young. And then later, like uh, he interviewed me on his channel. And then I got to interview him uh, in the basement. Wi-Fi was cutting out and he's probably like, what is this kid doing? So like so much respect for those guys. Like I know them, a lot of those gurus, they pay me to do their funnels and their offers. So like, I respect them. Like I, I've seen the behind the scenes of their businesses. They pay their uh, bills. So, yeah, yeah, bro. Like, hey, shout out them. You know, I make them money. They make me money. But what I don't like, or what mm. not that I don't like, but what people don't see, and these young kids, young guys that like I know personally in real life and how they're being affected, is like these guys put them into a heavy like worthless state, which is like a marketing tactic, right? Shout out Alan Salt, Saltinate, Salt. How are you saying last time? Shout out Alan from Nothing yeah. Held Back. He talks about that how like people that age, especially young men they're heavily in the worthless state and like worried about their self-worth and what they're, who they're going to be. Right. They're already thinking about mm. their career and their college, just very classy thoughts for young men. And so I more so tackle it from like a spiritual issue where I'm like, well, come on. Like that's obviously the enemy. That's obviously a lie from the enemy uh, that he's trying to get into these young guys' minds and make them feel worthless. Like, are you kidding? That's just like, 
forget mark yes it's a marketing thing and you can use that to, to do change work but i'm like okay there's deeper things happening here where now like i've got young guys who think they need like you know talk like they need a certain kind of car or a watch to like get the girl and like guys like sure go get the money like make a bunch of money like trust me like it's awesome like i had some guys over yesterday these like two young boys not young boys like high school college yeah. age guys and i'm like sure because you're an apartment. intern you're a youth pastor yeah with like youth. Yep. i know these guys like i they saw me grew up with them and i'm showing them the apartment and it's like i live in a very we're very blessed to have a nice apartment for minnesota standards you know here yeah and they're like oh my gosh this is so cool and like i'm telling them like guys like you can you know have nice things and still be a christian you can help people and make money mm. and still be a christian like and not sin you know like you don't have to live a sinful life to make money and to do good in the world so um, yeah, it, it's just sad to see these guys with these lies they have that they need to like make money to feel worthy. And so I kind of focus on tackling like the core issue of like self worth. And it sounds cheesy and you hear all the time at church, but like, you know, knowing your identity in Christ, like who does Christ say you are? But the more I get older, the more I realize how important that is. Because mm. when you realize who Jesus says you are and you let him tell you who you are, like, how can you doubt that? You'll never doubt it. Like, I know who God says I am. And because of that, I don't have any self-worth issues. When I go run my business, I don't have like fear. So again, respect the gurus, love them. They're smart. But when it starts to affect these young guys and like self-worth issues, that's when I'm like, okay, it's time to stop watching that and to start reading your Bible and to start asking God who you are. So that's how I look at the guru game. But again, lots of respect. They're crushing it. They, they've changed lives. They've helped me get into this. But as a spiritual issue, I just look at things different being a Christian. Now, do, do you, like, what is your approach to that? I, I, I want yeah. to eventually leverage, because here's the thing. I had a, um, a gentleman on recently, uh, pretty big industry. Alan's called them out. I'm not going to name names. But, I know uh, who it is. But, 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 but <laughs> they're going. I called them out once. <laughs> <clears throat> you have, bro. But, 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 yeah. but here's the thing. Like, they're going through FTC stuff. Yeah. And they're crazy. still like, I invented this. I'm this. And like. It's just such a weird flex um, that yeah. the gurus kind of have to continue to tell a story yeah. that 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 is is false. And you know, part of the holy hustle, man, that, that I've created this is a place for character, integrity, mm-hmm. um, and and sharing stories of people that are struggling and and had a great story. And then people like you, man, like just crushing it with integrity, with character, honoring God in in all that you do. And so, man, I I, I fascinating with I'm fascinated with your anti-guru. You know, they're paying me money to build their like I just love <laughs> Hey, just to be clear, like I don't sell like I only work with gurus who have good products, but it's yes. funny, like, you know, the gurus, like there's good ones out there, but they still all get thrown in one bucket. There's bad gurus, yeah, good gurus, they're all just gurus to the everyday yeah. person. But yeah, that you know, we still work what, with the good ones. <laughs> one thing I do want to talk about though is like these young folks like TikTok has, you know, I, I heard something like China China's TikTok is like puzzles like helping educate them our algorithms based on like you know terrible stuff and bros and cars and weird stuff and so it's almost like that andrew tate you know culture top g my brother you know someone told me are you top g i'm like i don't even know what that is i finally found out andrew tate my question to you is 
How do you define the line of being absolutely, because you're part of NHB, now you're fast forward yeah. with Alan, and, and there's a level of confidence and swagger and um, power that you need to possess as an authority, but how do you still do that to attract people while maintaining Christ-like mm -hmm. humility? Yeah. So I, this is funny because I was kind of figuring out or trying to figure out like, okay, how do I get status in the marketplace? Because you need like, you need status to become better known so you can get more clients. Like everyone here, we all know that everyone watching this, you're like, how do I become better known? How can I get visibility? There's nothing wrong with that. But in my mind, I was so ingrained by like the stuff we see where it's like, the only way to get status to me was, okay, you know, do I need to get a nice car? Do I need to be having like, you know, uh, have a podcast where I fancy stuff behind me. Do I need to like go travel a ton, right? You, that's what I thought I needed to get status or do I need to show off my apartment and like show where I'm living uh, and be like, look at this and, you know, look at my amazing wife. Well, I still show off my wife. Like that, come on. Like, I'm always going to do that. Like, <laughs> love it. <laughs> I love it, bro. Believe. I'm just like, I love are you it. kidding me? You think I'm not going to hype up? But she doesn't have an OnlyFans. You know, it's yeah, like, you, you, I, I've made it because she's got an OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah exactly, it's crazy. Exactly. So we've got that. But I realized and after doing some like talking uh, and like figuring out, so okay, the way I can get status is I need to do good work and I need to get good at sharing it. And so now when I talk to my students or like guys who have agencies or have businesses, like the two things you wake up and do every single day is, or ask yourself is, hey, how can I do good work with my clients? And then how can I get creative at sharing the work I'm doing? And so that's my strategy. And a lot of people in this industry are really good at doing good work. I know guys that are way better at doing the stuff I do than me, but they're not good at sharing it to the public and getting people's eyes on it. And so, and I know a lot of people are really good at getting sharing, like, and like sharing stuff and getting attention and getting awareness. They're not good at doing good work. And so it potentially bites them later on when clients start getting mad and they don't get results. And so it's this balance. And I think, of course, the most important one is probably doing good work. Like, I always ask people, like, which would you rather be, be good at? But also, there's a conversation of you can also get really good at sharing and like being the face and outsource stuff. So, sure, but whatever. But you need both. Like, you need to have both to an extent. And so, yeah, my strategy to gain status now is just doing those two things. And there's a, a verse. I, it's, I'm gonna, I'll look it up later. I always tell people, I don't know a verse. I'm like, I'm going to look it up later and I'm going to read it. Um, but it's a verse on like how you should like honor your employers. Or I think Paul is talking, mm. might be in Romans where he's talking to like the slaves then. And he's like, hey, you know, respect your employers, show them love, not because of your employers, because like for Christ's sake and same to the employers, treat your employees well for christ right and so i had that epiphany last year when i realized i was like hey like i would get a client and i was so focused on getting the next one and i wouldn't serve the one i currently had right right then and there and i was like i'm not dishonoring this client i'm dishonoring god and then i'd sit there and wonder why am i not getting more clients and then god convicted me again which is great i always tell the conviction and it always lifts you up doesn't knock you down that's condemnation um, but I had another conviction where God's like, you remember that verse where I say, like, if you, those who are trusted little, you trust with much. He's like, I've tried to trust you with little and I've even trusted you with a lot. And you continue to show me that you don't honor those clients. You aren't tithing wow. the money you get from them. So why would I give you more clients? And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, I'm over here praying for something that I don't even deserve to receive yet. Right. So like those prayers, yeah, God's hearing them. And I know he wants the best for me, but the best for me in that moment was learning how to do good work. For my clients and that's what he was teaching me that and so he was blessing me he was giving to me it just didn't 
show up in the way I wanted it to, which was Stripe invoices. But <laughs> it paid off in Stripe invoices later once I got it. And so that's how I get status. That's how I teach people to do it. Just, hey, do good work, get good at sharing it. That's it. No, that's that's good. That's one thing you're great about. Like if you go into NHB Plus, NHB on Facebook, which is amazing community, the best Facebook group for internet marketing content, <laughs> I would say, by far. And um, a lot of people are shouting you out. <clears throat> so one thing, you know, my coach has mentioned like, bro, you are sitting on so many testimonies. You're sitting on so much work. You know, why aren't you sharing that? And for me, part of it, just to be quite frank, it's like, man, I, I how do I navigate? So I want to get real tactical. I just helped a client. He messages me a week ago. He's like, we had our first 50K month MRR. Um, and, and, and so like, I know in my mind, but I'm like, how do I share this? So real tactical client message messages, Josh and say, Hey, Josh, first time ever, we had a 50K month. How are you on a consistent basis? Or how would you post that to demonstrate your authority? What would you say? Yeah. So, I mean, what I've found is like, I'll just post it. I don't know. Like I I've realized, like, I don't ask people to give me testimonials anymore. Mm. Now that like they see other people doing it, I think they just are like, Oh, I see other people doing it. So mm. they'll just do it. It's kind of like a snowball effect because it also part plays into like, people want to share that they also run their call or they want to feel like they're included in something. I don't, I haven't really figured out the deep yeah. psychology of it, but think about it. It's like when I joined SMA course back in the day, like I was always just looking forward to be able to go on a Facebook group and share I closed and client. Like there's just some, I think it comes back to status as well. And like, the, like saying like your results and having like the guru shout you out. There's just the yeah, recognition, it's probably it recognition. So now mm. people will just do it. I don't ask for them. Um, and I'm like, I also realized that people would just like share them if I'm doing good enough work, they will just, they'll want to. So it's a challenge to myself. Um, but I try, like when you share testimonials, the people, the mistake I see a lot of people make is they try to like flex or always turn it into a call to action. Like mm. if you go to your email right now and you look at like all the gurus, and what they're sending you, it's like a case study. And there's always that they always ask you for money at the end of it. And so I don't ask people for anything at the end of my so testimonials. Good. And sometimes though, I will say like, Yes, we've got some spots left yeah. for this thing, right? Little little thing, and I don't, I don't say just like I kind of let them know that it exists. And that's that's when I like that's a furthest I'll go, right? But yeah. a lot of them I won't have anything like that, and so like I believe that you're, like if you have a good enough product or service, it'll sell itself. And so one way to test that is hey, if you share a testimonial, like will it get people to reach out to you? And the way you get more people to reach out to you is by getting like better testimonials. The only way to get better testimonials is doing good work. And so it all just comes back to that in the end. So yeah, that's the one thing I do. It's just like, I always tell people like a subtle, subtle flex. You don't ask for anything, throw it out there. Like, that's oh, no big deal. You know, I'm just sharing this, love this client. They're awesome to work with. Peace out. And just leave it there. And people are like, wait, wait, you don't have anything to sell me? What? I want that. And then they come to you. Then when they come to you, you can just send them a link. You don't have to like convert them and try to like push them into it. They just, they just come right into like the product. No, that's really good. You, so those are kind of ways to demonstrate your authority, your leadership. What is the most annoying CTAs? Cause I know you have opinions about what yeah. people post copy and things of that sort. What is like the worst, most annoying thing you're seeing the gurus and wannabe gurus posting right now 
on their mm-hmm. on their feeds what what just annoys you i <laughs> so, see okay. what, like, <laughs> yeah you already know it's not it's not call to actions it's just a style of content and it's a whole like real short form like the whole alex mosey stuff again respect alex mosey absolute yeah. genius awesome like great but i'm like i've yet to hear somebody when i talk to people in like inner circles or like people are actually making money or doing things and like helping their clients they're not talking about how much money their like short form content has made them or like how it's changed people's lives bro like there's no way like it's just feeding into like the the algorithm and just super annoying and it's not it doesn't help they spend all this time hiring people to do it they film all this, like okay like short like i know you're gonna make shorts out of this Great, but the real change is when people come here and watch this full thing, they see the full episode, that's where the conversion is going to happen. There's people who don't have any long-form content at all, and it's just short-form shorts. And I'm like, guys, like this worked COVID time, like, you know, back then maybe, Mm. like you're not going to get true conversions from that. And sure, sometimes you can build up some status, but it's just, I don't see the long-term value in it. It's fading out. Everyone's doing it. AI can make it super easy now to... Um, so in terms of like, yeah, people trying to like, I was talking to a guy to consulting points. Like, okay. I got the strategy. I'm going to like sit down with eight hours of videos. Then we're going to clip them all up. It's going to be 500 shorts. I'll last us this many months. Like, what do you think? And I'm just like, bro, like, to be honest, I think that's like a terrible idea. I was like, you're the content's going to be like half ass. Sorry to swear. Um, yeah. it'll be terrible. It's going to be like, you're going to keep rushing it out by the end of the eight hours. You're going to be so tired. You're going to show in your content. You're just going to have basic stuff. It's not going to go deep enough. It's not going to help anybody. It's not doing good work. And so that's the content style I'm not a fan of right now. Mm. And I've yet to like find somebody where I'm like, watch their short form content. I'm like, dang, like this changed my life. This helped me. You're like, I love this. Like there's nobody that's never happened to me. It's always been podcasts or like written posts, um, things like that. So that's, no, that's really good. No, I, I love that. I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement. I just went to my buddy celebrated 40 years He's got a couple million subs on on YouTube. Graham Steffens was there. I don't know if you know him. Ice Coffee yeah. Hours up five million, bro. It was an insane room. I, I fell out of place because I got I don't know 178 <laughs> subscribers or something. And um and and that was three or four people. That was the thing. They actually mm. said it, it. You know, short form. It's 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 easier to get someone to go from like a five to ten minute clip to watch a full thing. Yeah. Um, versus short form to watching long form it's just almost impossible that they're saying based on stats from these youtubers and then the second thing they were saying was like it's easier to create a uh it's easier to create a um a long form 45 60 minute podcast to break it up into like three to five minute 10 minute moments and those are better than doing like an eight to 10 minute highly produced Alex Hermosi. It's over edited. It's almost impossible for most people to do it. And so that's actually why I'm leaning more. I want to lean more into the clips yes. more than the shorts 100% because I like those five to 10, 15 minute yes, moments. And so that's what, we'll, that's what we'll, we'll do. That's what we'll do here. Um, and so right. let's try to get a clip with this next question. Um, <laughs> so, so, bro. Um, I don't know if I can mention the name, but there was um, a music brand that you helped built a funnel for like 1500, 2000. Yeah. And I don't know if you said they ended up doing 5 million or 50 million. Can you talk uh, a little bit yeah. about? So last I saw the stats, it was well on its way past five and it's still running today. It's crazy. So 
ads are still on and you know they're making were you bummed out you only charge 1500 (laughs) you know a little bit later on in life (laughs) my first funnel i ever sold for 1500 dollars. um i mean i'm sure my work back then was probably worth that i'm you know Mm. i was my best funnel (laughs) it's like you look at it now it's pretty ugly but it converts and so it was definitely a trophy it was something i was able to like for my confidence and to you know tell people like hey here's what i did um, but yeah, it was, it was really crazy to think like the first funnel I ever sold went on to do that and it's still running today. Um, and so, yeah, the brand's name is uh piano for producers.com. Uh, and we didn't do all their products in mind, but just like clarify, cause I don't like to like emit facts. So one yeah, we did sure. is like his MIDI pack. It's like one of his MIDI packs for producers. So he's got multiple things. Absolute killer. Nico, shout out to you amazing just product creator and musician uh and an amazing client to work with and so yeah it was really it was a really cool experience in the first funnel i ever did bro that's sick and and you're the master at creating offers for these funnels obviously everyone you know that's probably watching this understands what a funnel is and they think just Mm -hmm. by having it's almost like those kids that had dope dope kicks but they couldn't ball it's like I got I got the the band, I got the arm, That's you know. Great. And yeah. and they're just they're just like, bro, this look guy looks like he can ball. And then he throws his first shot, he's like shooting with two hands. And it's like, you know, just because you have a funnel doesn't mean you can ball. That's you, good. Need, I like that. you you don't even you, you need an offer, and you are actually the offer kid on your way to become the offer king instead of the kid. I love you, bro. Jesus and so, my king. The only king is uh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, king of kings. Um, yes. so, so, you, so, so you worked on this, this other funnel that you um, – and, and, and they're doing like 70, 80 million a month now, really okay. simple offer. So I want to dive 000. into – 80,000. Yeah, I'm just being yeah. very careful because you're telling me this in the comments. I know, I know. and I don't want, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm like, God. I just want to make sure uh, NDA, but, um, but so, so now they're making 80 K and I think the, the, the funnel is under a year old. Yeah, like four months old, I think. Four yeah. Four months, months old, which is, cr- yeah. which is crazy. And so what, what, um, and I've actually hired Josh myself to help me with some stuff and his school and, and, and kind of his training under Allen is, is really the low ticket funnel ascending people to higher ticket. It makes it easier. So can you talk a little bit about the way you design funnels, like this whole model and, yeah. um, and what made this one so special? Like why did this one click? Yeah. So just saying, talk about the idea of like low ticket, um, and why leaning inside and why all our offers are in low ticket. Um, it's something I wish I would have realized sooner because a lot of the initial funnels I built, like all my funnels that went on to do the most money were, a, was like a low ticket Ascension funnel. Like the piano for producers was a $27 front end product with upsells. I did one for a marriage coach and a guy who works with men on like restoring their marriage. It was like a hundred dollars front end. So that was technically low ticket. That one did really well. And so like I was, I've been doing these for a long time. It's only until recently did I fully lean into it. And I finally like looked around and was like, oh my gosh, like I need to just do this because I get it and I see the math behind it, why it works. And so these have been working forever. Now, looking at the market today, as you know, our market in like internet marketing or any kind of online business, it moves fast. Like the cycles are so quick. Uh, and so one of the cycles we're going through right now is we're cycling out of the whole high ticket, charge a ton you know, charge more, charge more, charge more. And so like, you know, we're cycling out of that. That was the hype. 
Like it started back when I think Sam Ovens was, you know, running, doing like webinars and doing consulting. That was when it really started getting big. I remember that time period. And then everyone, you know, started fast following or copying him. And then everyone was like, charge more. And it made sense. Like at the time, you think about it, high ticket, it's super attractive. It's like, oh, less customers, more money, easier funnel. Great. Let's just do that. But then when everyone does that, then people get aware that, oh my gosh, a strategy session isn't actually a strategy session as a sales call. We all know that now. And so when the whole market and multiple markets are getting that, when there's resistance, it's a lot harder to make the math work. And so that's something that, you know, I had to realize and I was like, okay, this, this is making sense. And like I said, I'm in a lot of these like bigger companies and gurus businesses. So I see the numbers, like I see their Stripe accounts. I see all the stats. There was no hiding. Like I, I, there's no facts they can admit because I'm seeing it all. So I'm sitting here and I'm seeing their numbers. I see that their high ticket funnels aren't profitable. I see that, you know, the sales calls, closing rates are going down. I see that their customers aren't as happy. And I'm like, okay, something's up here. And that's when I, you know, they started to look at and be like, yo, we need some sort of like self-liquidating offer. And so I was like, okay, you know, I can build these for you. And so that's how I got into it. It was just like, I had a using clients doing high ticket and the math just didn't make sense anymore. And what's funny is like the people who teach high ticket or like teach that model, they're using low ticket funnels to sell that model. Like, bro, like that's why I say, look at how they're selling, not what they're selling. And so it's funny. It's like you, yeah, it's just, it's very interesting. And so I saw that and so I leaned fully into it. I was like, okay, the math doesn't make sense anymore. The market's shifting. We have to go fully into it. And so that's why I leaned into low ticket. And the thing is like, we still sell high ticket. It's just on the back end. Like I have an offer right now, the front end $17, the back end 7,800. And one to 3% of the set, you know, the front end buyers convert into a $7,800 customer within 30 days. So like if they come in like, you know, November 1st, like we project by the last week of November, they should convert into our high ticket. And so the cool part though, is we're not out on cash. Like that when we get them at the 17th, November 1st, we're at break even or slightly at a loss. Whereas if we were running like a, any kind of offer, like a VSL funnel, webinar funnel, we would be at a loss for the whole 30 days. And now you're the cash flow management issue and all these things break. And so, yeah, we still sell high ticket. Uh, and we also do like recurring on the back end, which is that offer you're talking about, which, you know, in the last four or five months, we launched in June. So I think that's five months. You know, you guys can fact check that. But within just that amount of time, it's currently at $80,000 a month. Uh, and again, the front end is at a slight loss. Um, and, but the back end so profitable and like the total funnel overall is great. So you don't really need to touch anything. And so that's the power of low ticket funnels in this day and era. And like I said, like all the big names are moving to it. It's just, you got, it's not because they like want to or like it definitely hurts their ego. It's like they have to. If they want to sustain their business. They have to. And I like it. It's just a way easier funnel. Like the ascension process is way easier. Your customers are way happier because they have a relationship with you. It's an overall win. And so, yeah, there's nothing new or unique about it. It's been around for a while. I've been making clients money with them forever now. It feels like it's just like now more than ever they're needed. Yeah, and it's low ticket. And so, they, you know, I've heard people say, I don't know the, the actual where the stat came from, but it's easier to get someone to go from a dollar to a thousand dollars versus someone to go from zero to a dollar, yes, right? So it's yes. the getting buyer leads, building the biggest yep. buyer list as opposed to a bunch of freebie kind of tire kickers. So yeah. you, <clears throat> someone buys the $27, you know, and then they, maybe some upsells and hopefully to try to break even in, in 30 days. Is it moving, driving people to a phone? Is it 
all done through email, DMs? Like what's that sales process for the yeah. most part to get to the 7,800? Yeah. So for that one specifically, we are pushing them to a phone call. Cool. And so we will do like a orientation call for the yeah. low tier product where it's like, yo, come in, do an orientation call. Love Some that. clients, if their closers are like, I call them like fat hens or whatever, where they just want like the low hanging fruit. They don't want to like go out, <laughs> like actually yeah, yeah. Like do change work. Then we will like make sure on the sales page, it's like an application funnel. And they know there's like another thing. But the mm. real secret, the real secret that I found, and this is what we're leaning into fully, because mm. what I realized is with this whole low ticket hype and the market starting to wake up to it, by the end of next year, it'll be so common and it's going to be like <laughs> the big buzzword. But what I project, and I, I thought about this you know, a year ago, is everyone's going to be doing low ticket. Um, but what that means is like consumers are going to know like, yeah, he's selling it for $27 on the front end, but I've been to these funnels before, there's upsells. Like, what are you hiding from me? That's mm. always going to be the doubt is like, I, are you only giving me half of it and I got to pay you more to get everything? Like watch on under all the ads, everyone's going to be like, what they're already starting. It's like, what's the upsell? Do you have high T on the back end? But it's already starting. And so mm. what I realized like the real secret is going to be in the real strategy is actually going to be hiding the sales process within the product and actually giving a really good product on the front end that gets some results and develops a so relationship good. and naturally sends them to your back end. And also it's going to force people to create a back end that's actually valuable and differentiates itself from the front end. Because right now, a lot of people are like, I'm like, yeah, what's your back end? They're like, ah, oh, group coaching. You get two calls a week, and there's a group, and then you can ask me questions. I'm like, bro, what, like, so? Like, okay, what's happening? Like, there's no reason for someone to pay for that. Like, yeah, oh, they need support. I'm like, no, you're just saying that because you got sold into a high team program <laughs> where that's all they gave you. So you think your customers are going to want that. So, yeah, the name of the game is going to be like the actual sales process happening just through the product and relationship building and then actually having a back-end offer that makes sense so that's kind of the name of the game long term for people who want to get ahead of the curve you heard it first this was a prophetic internet marketing <laughs> word <Yeah>. from <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> one thing that um i know alan teaches is um like there's like a book that's like a 360 i've seen five dollars or whatever and then there's like the 27 dollar mini course and so um, for your offers, and I know you have it with um, your organic group method, I think that's organicgroupmethod.com. Um, you can kind of see the funnel learn. Uh, it's $27. So for someone going, hey, I can, I got a book, I got a mini course. Do you find what case do I use a book? What case do I use? Mm. A, a, which yeah. one works better? Or let's say someone's starting from scratch and like, which one should I create right now, Josh? Yeah. I mean, at the real strategy behind that is looking at your market. Like how, what, what are they actually going to consume? Cause like if people don't consume your product, then they won't ever like get results and they won't get to know you and there's no relationship being built there. So if it's a younger demographic, like, you know, 18 to 30 ish, I would do a course and then 30 plus you can get away with like a written form, like a book or something. And then if you really want to like, if the market's in, what you would say like the accountability stage where there's even sold so many different things, I'll do like templates or SOPs. So instead of telling them like how to information, you're essentially selling the done with you on the front end. And then it's like, Hey, get all our templates. And then it's just an easy sell. Cause you're they're like, Oh yeah, it's easy buy. They're getting all the templates to them. They're like, the path has been trotted. It's already been paved. I just need to get these templates. And then it's like, you sell the how to and the upsell path of how to actually implement the templates. Well, so you flip it. 
And so, yeah, those are the three different ways or how I structure the front end. I love that. And, 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 and again, this would not be a, an offer kid uh, a podcast if we didn't talk offers. So a lot of people have different ways to explain these offers. Um, yeah. I think I think redundancy here in the same thing. I mean, it's it's like a, 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 a parables, right? They they're talking about the kingdom with different stories and ways, right? So what I would hope is people that that are that are learn it alls versus know it alls, and like oh, I've already heard I've already heard offers. Well, then why isn't your offer making six figures, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. so offers are something I'm always fascinated in fine tuning and learning about. What, when you look at someone, where do you start when it comes to crafting an offer for someone? Yeah. So the first thing I always like to, and I have been saying this for ever <clears> since <throat> that purple book came out, it's about two years or so on podcasts like this. I always say like, well, let's talk about what an offer is not first. And so the biggest thing I always tell people, like an offer isn't a guarantee. And that's like a lot of people don't get that. They're still doing it. Like a, a guarantee is a risk reversal. It's a risk remover. It's a part of the offer. It's like the last step. It's like the 5% of what an offer really is. It's essentially a close. Like in a VSL, if you build a VSL, there's something at the end you call the close. And that's one of the closes, which is, hey, we've got this guarantee. It's like such a small part of the actual full VSL or an offer. So like an offer is not a guarantee. Um, like to me, the offer, like when you say offer, it's actually like an umbrella and under it, there's all these different things where you have, okay, the audience you're going after, a specific audience, like the limitations that specific audience has. Okay, with the sales message you're using to that audience, the actual product you're delivering, like it encompasses everything. So to me, like when I look at an offer for a client, like I don't just look at like the product in itself. Like I start at the start, which is like the market who they are, understanding that well, also looking at like the market as a whole, like what else is being sold. Um, and so, yeah, to me, yeah, an offer is a guarantee. It's like everything. And like when people realize that, it kind of, it does make things harder. You can't just get away with being like, yeah, I got a good offer. I'm like, guarantee this, or your money back, or we'll work for free, all this crap. Like, no, that's not going to get you far. That's why your ads aren't converting. That's why, you know, your customers aren't that excited. They've heard it a million times. Anyone can say it. Like you could say, you know, yeah, I'll, you know, guarantee you, you make a thousand dollars in this amount of time or get a hundred leads, but then the next guy can just say 200 yeah. and it's like, okay, who, who are they going to pick? And at that point, what the client's really going to look at is proof and testimonials and your process. So that's where you're really building an offer is when you're looking at the, the thing as a whole. And so I'm still formulating my philosophy on what all those things are under the umbrella, but like, you don't, I don't need to know all of those yet. Like I just kind of flow mm. and people can, you can just crank down an offer without knowing it. Like it's not a process, but you just have to go into it knowing that it's not just one specific thing. Like there's not one specific okay. thing that fits every market. What is, what is, um, you do a lot of these audits and working with yeah. people to build them out. Where, where's the area that you feel like, man, 80, 90% of people, this outside of the guarantee, where are they really messing up and it's keeping people stuck? Yeah, I think it's um, a, a lot of times it's like their upsell path. Mm. Like the biggest thing I find myself doing on these calls. And like I've, I've done a hundred in the last three months. And um, about, yeah, about that. Like we just wow. have to take some, not many packs, still got to take, they're on the calendar. I've done all of them, but we're about to close in on it. But the biggest thing is like the upsell path. Like they come up their front end. Or they like they, they got their front end product. They kind of know what's going to talk about. 
but then they don't know what to actually put in the upsell path or like how do you differentiate your front from your back end? Like mm. how do you actually do that? So a lot of times I just call it's like I'm just coming up with that. I'm like, here's your front end, here's what your your OTO should solve, your OTO two, and then here's what your back end, like here's how to differentiate it, blah, blah, blah. And like that's them. It's like, oh my gosh, like it's a biggest epiphany because it's kind of, you know, it's hard. Or there's a question of like, do I only give a little bit of my front end? Like, how do I not give away too much? Like, that's the biggest question. How do I like give away not like just enough on the front end, but I don't cannibalize my upsell path. But the truth is it never should like they're their own products. And if you are having that question, you're already looking at it wrong. And so, yeah, it's usually like not knowing what to put in their upsells. Uh, and then uh, shoot also like not focusing on, like they focus on how their product is delivered. Like the question you're saying, I'm like, book course like that is a question so many people ask yeah they're so focused on that and they lose sight of like okay what outcome are you selling what solution are you giving people like that's why they're gonna buy it they're not gonna buy it because it's like a book or a course like that's a sub part of the offer and what makes it do well and there are ways you can improve that like i said based on ages but yeah it's it's more so focused on what you're actually selling them the solution there so that's really good yeah. The 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 one that you're at 80k a month in 4 months which is absolutely insane. What made that special because in that in that niche it's been done mm-hmm. before, right? It's oh, yeah. it's it's been and I think a lot of people that get stuck that prevent them from taking action, going crazy like, well someone's yep. already done it. Someone's already yep. done it. So so this gentleman Jeff, he could have easily been like, yeah, I'm not going to do it cuz that's been done before. What do you think was the secret to making this one really like go crazy and pop for you guys yeah so again i want to give credit credits to like the actual offer owner the person who's the face of the product absolute legend practice what he preaches mm. what he's teaching people he does and so that's like the first thing is he's just actually mm. good at what he does and he's got a track record he's done good work and he's gotten good at sharing it and so he you know has he's done good work right he's done it before um now when it comes to this offer, like we ran cold traffic to it. So you, we, we weren't running. It's like his existing audience. So he didn't use his existing status to make this work. Like he has no pictures of him on it. His face isn't on it even like his voice is on the VSL, but we don't show mm-hmm. his penthouse in Miami. There's nothing like, and this is still working. And so I always like to say that because people are always like, well, you probably, no, there's, <laughs> there's nothing. Look, it's a pretty ugly funnel. It could be a lot better. It's still pumping cash. And so, the real reason this worked really well is because, again, like I said, I went and looked at the market and like looking at what the current solutions were in the market and what was being sold. Uh, and then we figured out how we to position Jeff's process as a new opportunity in that space. Um, and that's what really carried it, which is looking at the market and all the problems the market had. Uh, and to give some context, like this was the agency market. And so I was an agency owner. Like I said, that's how I got started. And so I knew that the agency market was dealing with like a lack of energy to like fulfill their clients work, to go and get clients to deal with retention issues. Like there just wasn't enough time, didn't have the energy. And all these kids had gotten sold on this lavish dream. That's going to be so amazing. And then against the agency and realized it's a people management business. And so mm-hmm. Jeff's process though, removes all of that where it's not wow. a people management business anymore. It's just a process. It's a product business. And so knowing that it was super easy to bring this to the market. Cause I was like, Hey, I know, you know, I know you have these problems. We just called them out and like, we've got this solution and here's why it's different. Very easy to understand. Jeff has done it before. Uh, and so that's why that, that offer did really well. And so, like I said, it goes back to not the guarantee, 
not about the status. It all just goes back to your market and just understanding that super well, which has been said for a long time, but it's super mm-hmm. easy to get lost in like the funnel and the copy and the guarantees and all the stuff that's a little more shiny than just like going out and looking at ads manager all day long like I do. So, <laughs> or ad library, sorry. I just add yeah. library. Like my wife will look over and say, what are you doing? And I'm just like, scrolling on my phone in the ad library i'm like just reading ads like reading emails like i don't have social media on my phone i just look at ads and emails all day long so it's weird but it helps no you got to study the market man if you don't know what else is out there you you, you know you got to be you know sally hogg says this different is better than better and so yeah. you know differentiation being distinct i think is, is is a great a great thing what are what are you man like and all that you're doing these last if you can kind of reflect for a second like mm-hmm. what makes you proud of what you've been able to do over the last five years? Man, I think the biggest thing is, I mean, there's a couple of things. I'm, I'm proud. Just the fact that I've been able to focus on like serving the Lord whenever, mm-hmm. like, like I'm not just saying this here because this is a Christian podcast. Like this is hundred percent. Like I think about it and what's so cool is I get to go to youth group every Wednesday night and be a leader for these last few years, right? I was able to go be on the worship team, be a youth leader. And when I'm going there, I'm not coming off of a long shift of work where I'm like, mm-hmm. had a long beer, had a boss. Like, and shout out to people that do like, seriously, like those leaders out there that work a part-time job, read a full-time yeah. job and still come and serve at the church and show up and like props to them. Like, and yes, my work's hard. There's pros and cons to it, like anything. But I'm just so happy that I can go and have time to do that. Or during the day, I can go meet up with people have coffee, coffee, talk to them, be there for them, right? Um, I mean, of course, there's the thing of like tithing, being able to, you know, participate in that. Like our church, River Valley, is huge heart for missions. And so mm. being able to be a part of that and being active in that is amazing. But yeah, it's just the ability to like freely go and serve God whenever, wherever, without the constraints of like work or like what's tying me down there. Like I can, the, like the laptop lifestyle for me is more so just like, the ministry lifestyle where like, like when I was 18, I, I got to go serve at this camp uh, and I was able to just like pick up things, go down there and like work during it or like have my phone. And I was just like hanging out at a youth camp running wreck and it was the best thing ever. And I didn't have to like, oh no, I got to take time off or I didn't have to like ask to get paid from the church or anything. It was like, let's just serve, let's just volunteer. And so that's, that's what I'm really happy about. And that's like the goal. Like that's why I tell people I started this business. So I can be that father and husband, but also so I can freely serve the Lord whenever, wherever, without that constraint of finances or time. I love that. And and before we 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 hit record, one thing you said, you, you, you know, you love you love the business. There's the ups and downs, but the thing you get most excited about waking up is the yeah. in intern work you're doing. Like you're not even getting paid to yeah. to have those kids over your house and and pouring yeah. into them you said you, you want to be with them all day and and have coffee with them but you don't drink coffee or something like that <laughs> yeah. uh and, and that, that's just very very amazing you know at as a 21 year old man that is incredible and I'm, I'm i commend you for that uh before our last couple questions where can people man like hey bro i want you to look at my offers i i, I you know what's the best place for folks to connect with you if they want to seek you out, learn from you, follow what you're doing. Yeah. So if you want to see the good work that I try to do my best at, you can go to my Facebook profile and just look up Josh Gavin. Keep scrolling. You'll see a lot there. And the second way, if you'd like to book a call and 
it's not a free call, not a free strategy session. There's an order form on there. Uh, it's offer.consulting. And that's where you can find my link if you need me to review your offer. So that's all I've got for you guys. That's awesome. Um, nothing free to sell. What is it? Hormozy? He doesn't say that no more. I got nothing. Yeah. yeah or no, nothing I got to sell you. To sell you. <laughs> yeah. I got to. That I, got be, I, I wonder if someone says that on a video. Like, I actually want to sell you something. Yeah. Um, We'll, we'll put all those we'll put all that in the show notes um yeah. what for these these young kids that are coming over that you're pouring into um kids that age that are going man i, I just don't know where to start yeah 2024 is coming what business model would you say hey here's what i would probably be doing if mm-hmm. i was a teenager young 20s this is the model that i would be doing what what advice for someone starting out would you give? Yeah. So I would first look at like their personalities, like if they mm. were just depending on where they're at, like there's a couple different routes that people can take. Um, I've got some, like, honestly, for guys who are maybe more introverted or more hands-on, mm. like to be outside even, I'm like, dude, you need to go work a part-time job. You're going to save up. You're going to go buy a photo rental, like a photo booth that you can bring and rent out to people. Or you're going to buy a jumpy house or you're going to buy chairs, use and you're going to go rent them out. You're going to get your Google, your business set up, your organic traffic, and you're going to do that. Because I've got guys, and I know guys that are making like 5000 a month, like yeah. renting out base and stuff like that. So like, boom, not even an online business model, but you can use online tactics yeah. and it'll relate over. Um, other guys who maybe are like more outgoing, want to talk, be more creative. I'm like, yeah, figure out how you could sell an online service to somebody, like to a local business. I got a student um, and a friend who you know works and does agency stuff and he just followed my model of doing good work and sharing it. And mm-hmm. well, all these other agency owners are in these other courses are doing cold email. I'm like doing all this stuff. He just had a Facebook profile. He would join groups. He would add friends and then he would share his good results and people come to him. Like he's never had to do a single cold DM. He's never had to do that. Like they just come to him and he's like in college and he's making three to 5,000 a month. Never awesome. had to struggle like I did when I first started doing that kind of cold outreach. So it's very possible. There's so many different routes you can take in terms of business models. And um, yeah, there's like endless ideas that if I sat down with somebody, we could pull out and be like, yeah, dude, you can make money with that. Just do you want to, will you enjoy that? Does that feel like what you want and like? And so that's kind of where I start with that. So yeah, I, lo- I, I love that. It was focused based on who they are. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. Who, who God made them unique to be like, go do that. You didn't say, yeah, start an SMMA business. I, I think <laughs> most people would say that like, Hey, find yeah. out what you're passionate about, what your giftings are. You're more like this, do this. If you're more like this, try this. So, yep. and, 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 and I love you. Like, yeah, you can make six figures. Hey, three to five K as Bro. like 16, 17, 18. That is like a game changer. That's a game changer. Bro, pay off, crazy. pay off your car, pay off your car by the time you get married. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's so much that you could do. Okay, man. What is your definition of the holy hustle? Mm-hmm. Um, anything that allows you to fulfill the great commission, something that mm-hmm. has been like, so exciting to me and every every time i'm at youth group with the kids it always ends with pointing back to the cross and then the great commission like that's so like all everything every, i don't care if it's leviticus or whatever we're, it's pointing to the cross and then we're ending it with great commission like what are you going to do with this faith you have mm-hmm. and so now in all my areas of business i'm focused on how can i use this to share the gospel and make disciples heavily on the make disciples because i think mm-hmm. You know, the church, we've gotten good at sharing the gospel. People know about Jesus, right? It's the most popular religion. I don't know if it's a relationship. It's a religion, not religion. But, you know, it's the most popular faith out there, yes. like, in the world. One of the most. 
Um, and so we've done a good job at sharing it, but where we're churches, at least churches I'm in are involved with, like where we're focusing now is the discipleship part, like actually doing life with people. And so that's something like discipleship for me is like standing shoulder to shoulder with people and going through life with them, being there with them. And then as they're going through stuff or learning stuff, it's sharing the word of God back to them, just like, you know, pointing back to the scripture there. So like, yeah, uh, in my business, like I got to share and just some dude from the Facebook group reached out to me and was sharing how he went through like, you know, divorce, all these things going on, stop me, that's money. And like, he was angry with God. And I'm like, bro, mm. like, whenever you stop to just like ask God, like what he wants to tell you about the situation, like how he wants to turn for good, just like little things like that. And yeah. like this dude shouted him, like he was back in church that following Sunday. I sent him a book called Living Fearless, which I love. Um, and like, just, and he's just from like a, a business group. Like I could have tried to sell him. I'm like, Oh, you're not making enough money. Let me coach you. Right. Let's say, no, it's like, bro, like Jesus, like you want to know my real secret and how I'm successful. Like, bro, I'm a born and raised Christian and that's what's kept me going. And so, yeah, my definition of holy hustle is anything that allows me to fulfill the great commission and point to the cross. Come on, man. It's, it's, it's heavenly eternal impact yeah, versus yep. like, let me just make a quick buck off of you. Well, bro, you are a fine young man and you are going to be the offer king. Uh, love you, bro. Appreciate you. Super grateful for your time. We'll link up all uh, your details in the show notes so folks can connect. Thanks again, Josh. No problem. Praise God.